Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Happy, uh, geez, what is today? Tuesday, episode 433. Um, Today we're going to talk to Matt about um, the NCAA certified event, kind of how it kind of came about. If you don't know, the NCAA has changed, um, kind of opened it up for high school teams. And uh, we were able, lucky to go down to a tournament in, in Rockford. And we're going to um, talk to Matt the next couple of days about that, um, both Tuesday and, and Wednesday. Um, but before we jump into that interview, um, I would like to thank um, our sponsors, First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Make sure you go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $300 off your next purchase. And what keeps the lights on, what allows us to keep these podcasts clicking is your support of teachhoops.com. Go over and check it out. It's a one-stop shop for every basketball coach. It's Netflix with uh, my email and one-on-one calls and nine, you know, I think yesterday I got off like six hours worth of phone calls with teachhoops.com members helping them through the preseason, helping them. I'm just finishing up a course, probably be done end of this week on on preseason. Has all sorts of modules, how to practice plan, how to get ready, um, things you need to do for the preseason. So go over and check out teachhoops.com and let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome. Ooh, let me turn that down. Um, I'm going to apologize here initially because uh, I have a, I have a, I have the only, I'm the only person in the continental United States that has a summer cold. So I'm going to apologize here. I'll try to clean it up on uh, in the editing bay. But um, so today we're going to talk about NCAA. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the National Federation. We're going to talk about kind of the recruiting calendar. We're going to talk about a lot of things that related to recruiting and players and high school and collegiate. Um, and the reason we have Matt on today, I'm going to have him introduce himself in a second. But the reason we have him on today is um, the NCAA kind of changed the uh, the summer uh, recruiting process or recruiting calendar. And we were we were lucky enough. We we are in Madison, Wisconsin, which is about on a good on a good traffic day about 90 minutes maybe 75 minutes from Rockford and and Matt ran uh because it's the first year ran a showcase in Rockford and had uh, he'd have to, he'll have to tell exactly how many teams he had and all that kind of stuff but teams from all over the midwest come and play um and it was an open recruiting window so um him and I were able to meet and connect and that's why we're having him on we're going to talk about that so 
Matt, first, I'd like you to introduce yourself. Tell everybody what you do for a living and, and uh, then tell people about the showcase and then we'll dive into the um, specifics of recruiting and the calendar and what you think some strengths and weaknesses are and we'll talk about some of what I think is good about it um, and bad about the NCAA and uh, we'll go from there. So introduce yourself first and just kind of give us a little background. Sure. Well, thanks for uh, having me on, Steve, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity and, and the time uh, to talk this morning. So my name is Matt Parker, and I am starting my ninth year as the Director of Athletics, Activities, and Program Development for Rockford Public Schools. So I oversee a school district uh athletics and activities, basically anything that happens after school, elementary, fourth grade, uh, all the way through 12th grade um, offerings. So we have a very robust elementary, middle school, and high school athletic and activity offerings. And so it ranges from robotics and esports to scholastic bowl, um, to basketball, which is mainly what right. we'll be talking okay. about this so morning. Two things, two things before we dive any more into this. First thing is, do you, do you have athletic directors in your buildings, or do you oversee everything? Yes, yeah, so we have, uh, in our four high schools, we have athletic, your, your traditional athletic directors, like you'd have it okay. in the Madison Public Schools. Yep. And then our middle schools have athletic directors who are also uh, teachers that uh, get a, a a pretty good additional stipend as well as an additional planning period uh, to execute, execute their duties. And then at the elementary schools, there's a, it, there, there's generally somebody in the building who is getting a, a, a small stipend to organize the basketball and cross country and uh, soccer that we offer. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, I, I just, I'm a big PGC thing. I went to a PGC camp, hung out with some other coaches and so tell me about esports because I hear um, I hear esports is literally the next thing. So tell me what that is. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, we're actually the first school district in the state of Illinois to officially start high school esports teams. So we have uh, currently five teams. We have two teams at Guilford High School, and um, we bought special computers and upgraded our network so the kids could play mainly league of legends um and and they've been competing on it in a national uh high school league uh, called the uh, high school star league and so they basically work together in teams of five uh to play a game called league of legends which is uh, strategy and um and teamwork uh and play in tournaments um our coaches and, and athletic directors have been very much involved with uh, the IHSA, which is our Illinois High School Association, potentially adopting uh, esports as an official high school sport as early as next year. Um, so we've had uh, a few people participate in some of the planning committees and, and work being done with that. And it's just a great, another great way to bring in a whole other group of kids. Um, you know, make them feel like they're part of the school community. They're part of the team. They get really cool esports uniforms. And um, globally, 
there's a really good Vice documentary about esports, but globally, it's just massive. I mean, there's there's like in, there's in, like first of all, there, there's kids that are making like millions and millions of dollars professionally. Like they're becoming yeah. pro esports. I mean, it it tells you I'm getting old. I had no idea. I mean, I had an idea it was there, but I didn't know how how wide it is. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, and yeah, the kids are making millions of dollars in endorsements and yeah. sponsorships. And there's, and there's like these, you know, basically esports, um, uh, unofficial, you know, uh, camps where recruiters are bringing kids in and they're basically playing and, um, advancing. And if they're good enough, then they're, you know, their, their housing's paid for and they're, Right, and they get a salary, and they're making money, and so the college because of esports. I know, I heard this. Right, it's, it's right. crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right, so go, so keep going. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So keep going. So, um, so anyway, it's just it's just another great way. It's just another great way to get more kids involved yes. in, in the school communities, and um, and yeah, so that's one of the things that I'm very much involved with and excited about, and uh, falls under my duties. Right, right. So, so, so tell us more. So, so how did you decide to get started with the Chicagoland uh, summer sh showcase or shoot shootout showcase? Make sure I get it right. So, so we've been, we've been tracking the, you know, there was this uh, big investigation, you know, that went on for like four years and, and um, you know, really it all came down to the NCAA wanting to create some separation between the shoe companies and some of the major AAU programs from some of these live viewing periods uh, because it just, there'd been a lot of corruption. The, the, the prices, I mean, the prices were getting absolutely outrageous for college coaches to attend, especially college coaches whose budgets aren't like the, um, you know, like a Kansas, for example. Right. Um, there are just a lot of things that were concerning. And so when we started getting wind of what potentially could be the rule changes. We started doing our homework uh, going back to October of last year and, um, you know, really diving into, you know, what it could potentially look like, uh, started securing facilities of when it could potentially be and, um, and just started working out, you know, how we should run it, what type of format. And so then when it became official, we were pretty much ready to go other than a few of the finer details um, regarding how, how it would be set up and what the rules were. Right. And, uh, and you know, it was a ton of work, um, but definitely well worth it having 60 teams the first weekend and uh, 78 teams the second weekend from as far away as Florida, um, which is great to see. And that, you know, we've, I think, 42 – 42 division one offers uh, from those two weekends. And so it's just a great opportunity for kids um, to be seen and, and have their education paid for. Right. No, I, there's a couple things. First of all, I think that, um, you know, <laughs> I teach statistics and I tell the kids always follow the money in life, just follow the money. And you can usually, <laughs> most of your questions can be answered. And I think the, well, the NCAA obviously makes a lot of money, but I think following the money is really important with the shoe companies and kids. I mean, I've done this long enough. You know, I've been a head coach for 20 plus years and coaching for 30 plus that I remember the days when 
you know, like it was maybe one or two weekends and it was, you know, kids would go to peach jam and that would be it. Blah, blah, blah. And that, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that was the right system either. That's why I think it morphed into something maybe that got out of control. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember a lot more college coaches coming to our gyms, a lot more college coaches coming to um, stuff in the summer. And I think this is the great kind of middle ground. I think this will be really good for the long term. Um, so, Explain to people kind of what happens in recruiting in the NCAA and um, high schools and all that kind of stuff. Give a little background for people listening that have no idea what we're talking about. So there's uh, historically for, I don't know, the last 10 or 15 years, been uh, four four viewing periods um, throughout the year where college coaches can actually come and watch kids play who are Division I division one coaches and and those uh as you alluded to have have kind of morphed into these big eybl right uh under armor circuit ua rise you know these showcases where you know it's this big spectacle and and usually most of the kids that were playing were you know high level division one or at least mid-major kids and um, and, and I think part of what the NCAA, besides the, the just tremendous amount of money and different things getting thrown at kids to attend these events, um, was that there was a whole segment of division two, division three, JUCO, et cetera, NAIA kids that could potentially play at that level who just weren't being seen right. because they weren't playing on these elite programs and, you know, they're not they're, they weren't gathering at one place so you know a coach would have to travel to 50 60 different locations just to see you know a, a handful of kids and and so you know that that's one of the nice things about the rule change is that the ncaa said okay we'll we'll leave two of the live periods for the aau stuff so there's one in i believe july that just happened in april still and then we're going to make two uh, weekends in June that have to be run by high schools and they have to be in what are called scholastic facilities. They can't be in a privately owned facility, uh, whether owned by AAU or a shoe oh, company. They that. can't be on a, okay. you know, they can't be on a division one campus. Uh, they have to be in a scholastic facility. It's either a high school or a junior college or a division three or division two campus. Okay. Um, but they have to be run by by high school personnel and organized by high school personnel. And uh, well, I hope you're enjoying that as much as I am. Please take 30 seconds, go over, subscribe, and like. Um, we would also love if you went over and checked out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, it is the solution for your coaching angst. It is the solution for that offense that you're looking for. It's the solution for you wondering what you should do next offensively or defensively. It's just dealing with parents. It's dealing with that player that won't play hard for you. We're all there to help. It's a great supportive community. Um, go over and check it out. I don't do not think you'll be disappointed. All right, back to the podcast. Uh, how, you know, they basically gave us five different formats to choose from. And t- uh, one of which formats? was what were those five formats? I don't. I'd have to look them okay. up specifically, but there was basically. Uh, like like a team camp uh, showcase where you basically invite a bunch of kids and 
Um, and it, you know, they go through drills and, and then they form teams and right. then the, you know, okay. the teams, yep. the teams play. And, and okay. then there was, there was a, an individual like all-star top 100 or top 50 or top 150 kid type format. Um, but the one we were really interested in was, uh, the team showcase, which would allow the high school coach, as you experienced to coach your high school team. Uh, towards the end of the contact day period, which most most states allow coaches to have a, a period of contact days, right, uh, where they could come play together as the actual high school team and compete against other high school teams, uh, but in front of you know I think that second weekend we had eighty five ninety college coaches come in. Yeah. Um, so, at so all different levels. Things, so, so did you, th- that's one question I had. Did you see a difference between weekends? Cause it looked like the second weekend was much stronger as far as teams go than the first weekend. Yes. Okay. The, the first, so the first weekend we were oversaturated in Illinois. We, uh, there were four events sanctioned the first weekend. So uh, we didn't see a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the okay. Chicago and Chicago yep. suburb schools stayed okay. in, in the Chicago area. Okay. Uh, the second weekend, we were we were um, one of two events in Illinois and one of nine nationally. So uh, the second the second weekend was uh, much less saturated as far as options go. Okay, yeah. So it's because that was just that was purely observational for me because we had a couple of teams from our area go the first weekend, and then I watched. It's like whoa, that first weekend one was like night and day. Um, so before, we'll talk about a couple other things. Let me tell you first for the people listening. I've done this for 20 years. Probably the best officiating. I don't know where you got your officials. Probably the best officials I've seen in a summer high school thing in 20 years. I swear to God. I mean, I, I can't. We played four games. I can't. I mean, I remember a couple calls. And there was literally one call. And I, I questioned. He walked over. He goes, Steve. It's like. Oh crud! I forgot that. Yep. Or you're. I've never had that happen in the summer. I swear to God. I mean, it was like crazy good officials. I don't know where you got those guys. But they were really good. Yeah, it was. Re- it was really important for us to um, have really good officiating, and so we did a couple things. One was we hired three officials for every game on every court, yeah. and, which was important for us to 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 do that, and we also. Uh, ran a uh, on the second weekend we started a referee clinic that started on Thursday uh, where we brought in uh, college officials high school officials who are certified teachers as well as a a WNBA official uh, Danica Mosier who who also officiated uh, some games on uh, Saturday Um, and so that clinic included you know on court time film review uh, looking at uh, positioning in front of mirrors uh, right. and then also reviewing the actual um, game film from that Saturday morning later in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, we tried to draw in a really good pool of officials, but then also wanted to have a training component with it um, as, because we're, you know, here in Illinois, we just have a real – uh, aging population of officials and it's becoming a problem. And if we can help do something about it and really, you know, we were targeting uh, female officials, minority officials, and younger officials who are interested right. 
and and really really trying to help them along and, and you know that's something we're going to do moving forward but yeah that was definitely a focus of ours so i really appreciate you yeah no i mean i, mean, I really would not say that i mean i i mean i'm shooting this out to the world so i'm telling you it was like the best i mean we were over four we had we were had half about about half of our squad we were on four and my my and i sent something to one of my assistants i said wow the officials are really good down here and he knew we were like going three so he texts us back and he goes steve are you being sarcastic or not you know because you sometimes <laughs> the officials are really good. i go no they are we're coming back they are really good it's really you know um so so let yes so i he's and I've gone to I've go, I've coached in ones or watched ones probably watched more than coached that people do those clinics whatever you did to do the clinic you couldn't tell sometimes I go to those and they're doing clinics and it's like whoa these guys are really or gals are really learning and they have not mm -hmm. so I don't know if you if you matched them up or whatever you did but I, these are people that had done games had talked to coaches understood how the game was played you know. It was, yeah, very mm -hmm. good. Um, so that was the first compliment. Second compliment, facilities are awesome. I mean, I, you're, you're, I mean, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge juco that you guys have that we played our first day in. Um, yep. I don't know how many that seats, but it's wow. Um, but great facilities, unbelievably good facilities. Um, and, uh, and I love that the, it wasn't a running clock. <laughs> um, yeah. We played it one yesterday, and it's like we, we ended up losing the championship yesterday, and it's like uh, it hadn't been a running – I mean, if the clock stops, it's such a different game. It's like I, I felt like I was coaching in yours. Last night I, – I, yesterday I felt like I was hurting cats sometimes because the clock never stops. People are following. Right. It's like – so I love that. It, was, it, was, it felt like coaching a high school game, which is probably what we were trying to get across. Um, Absolutely. Um, so – I, I, when I looked at the list on that second weekend, it's, it's probably harder for the – I mean, I saw a couple D3 schools um, outside of the area. It, that, that's one of the reasons I think they're trying to do this too is because D3 schools can't fly all over the country. Um, Correct. <laughs> um, so I saw a couple – I mean, my son's thinking about going out east. I saw a couple from the area that he's looking, but most of them were from the Midwest, which is great. They're, that's probably where the recruiting base is anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you, and, and did you charge college coaches to come in or how does that work for them? Yeah, the, the, the rules, um, prohibited you to charge more than a certain amount. Okay. Um, and so we actually, we actually charged less than what the top amount could have been for team entry as well as uh, college coach entry and, okay. uh, college coach booklets. We had, uh, some, you know, really nice, uh, booklets made up, uh, that had, you know, every kid, their number, their name, uh, yeah. if the coach put the cell phone number in their contact information or the coach's contact information, uh, that the college coaches could buy as well. But yeah, it was very, very affordable, especially for, you know, those schools that don't have, you know, these massive million dollar budgets. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about some things that, that you think could change. So what, is there anything between the Federation, and the NCAA that you think is an issue at this point? Do you like the weekends that it happened when it happened kind of how they're working together? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great move. And I think that uh, it provides a great opportunity for 
you know, first and foremost, kids to be seen and specifically kids to be seen who are not high level division one players. And so it provides a tremendous amount of opportunity. Um, You know, one of the things that I've talked to with our high school association and our uh, Illinois basketball coaches association uh, that we'll be reviewing in upcoming meetings is that there really needs to be in, in our opinion, some national standards for those two weekends that all associations throughout the country need to follow so that it provides even more opportunity for kids. There were several states uh, who did not allow their teams and kids to leave the state or to even participate in any events anywhere. Uh, There were several basketball uh, coaches associations who wouldn't endorse certain events and basically told their members not to go specific places. And so, you know, a lot of this has to do with it being new, uh, not everybody really being educated on on what the intent is and and why the NCAA changed the rules. Um, But I think if we start from what's good for kids and what's good for programs and then build from there and make some national standards that everyone needs to follow, which includes kids can go anywhere. So if a team from California wants to travel to Illinois to play some different competition and and get their kids exposed to Midwest coaches, they should be able to do that. Yeah. So, so is it, so here's my question. Is it the, is it, so Wisconsin has the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association and has the WIA, which is the Wisconsin Interscholastic Association. Anyway, so are you talking both of them have to agree? Who who makes the decision on that? Is it it's the WIA, right? So yeah, the WIA makes makes the decision, the ultimate decision. But okay. what the National Federation had encouraged states to do was to work with their basketball coaches okay. association to reach whatever decisions and some states that worked really well some states there was some infighting between associations (laughs) and 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 some states you know prohibited teams to play in the first weekend but allowed them to play in the second weekend and so there was just there just wasn't a standard Right. It it's, it's, it's like you're trying to get 50 relatives. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. No matter where you listen to this podcast, we would love a review. Um, those are important to us. Kind of move up the pecking order and get the word out about this great podcast. So if you could do that, written reviews, I'd read every one of them. Also, make sure you go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better. I know you want to become a better coach. I know you want to figure out how to deal with the parents and get those kids to play harder. Let me help you. One-on-one call, we'll take care of it in 30 seconds. Um, Yeah, and then if you're doing any shopping, click down below on our Amazon link and uh, check it out. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.